I'm Karen Cubides, a music-obsessed entrepreneur and educator who calls Music City home. My career started in Boston, where I found my real passion, working behind the scenes in the music industry. I've had the honor of working with elite performers and educators. Consider this your go-to guide for all things healthy, wealthy, and wise. So get comfy, because we're about to uncover some surefire ways to transform not only your career, but also your life. This is the Musician's Guide Podcast. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about first year in business, basically. Um, I asked uh, a couple of my favorite people, one of them being a super big fan of the podcast, Jeff, um, what he would want me to talk about if I was to do a solo episode. And um, he talked about like, well, what are some of the, the things you wish you knew or um, just any tips for people starting a business, um, for their first year. And I haven't really done anything like this before. So I kind of wanted to devote one of these solo episodes to just offering some insight from my own personal experience. And then of course, stuff that I've learned along the way. Um, and especially now in the times of COVID, you know, I'm so grateful and excited to see all the musicians and entrepreneurs just kind of like start adding more facets of income and, Um, just really putting themselves out there and and getting excited about, you know, what other skills do they have, what other um, services they can offer and just kind of sharing that with the world. Um, So I want to walk you guys through, you know, what are some three, what are three things actually, not some three, three things that I wish I knew um, before starting my business. Um, And, you know, these are all just going to be the same level of transparency. Um, and then I'm also going to share some things that I did well, looking back, um, at my business the last seven years. Um, so let's start with number one, the, the first thing that I really wish I knew. And to me, this is the the biggest, greatest priority is the financials. Like I really wish I would have taken the time to sit down and just understand money period. Um, I would suggest starting off with what is your relationship with money? Like, are you a spender? Are you a saver? (laughs) I'm a spender. Um, Do you like money? How do you feel about money? Do you feel like you have it? Don't have enough of it? Uh, How do you feel when you get paid? How do you feel when you spend money? Just really have a deep dive on like money and your relationship to it. Um, Because that is really the basis of the law of attraction when it comes to money, um, you know, figuring out your prices, figuring out, you know, all the things in relation to money starts with your relationship with money. Um, unfortunately in, in music school, like we don't really have these kinds of business conversations. We don't really talk about taxes. We don't really dive deep, dive deep in, you know, how much you should be charging for things and things like that. Um, so that was the first place that I strongly suggest and encourage you guys to get educated on is the financials. Um, the next best thing that I did in that department was have an accountant. Um, and especially all of us as musicians with the amount of W2s and 1099s and all the kind of psycho, uh, tax documents that we get, it's just so helpful to have an accountant and it doesn't cost that much more than TurboTax or than doing it yourself online. Um, it really is worth the investment because you also get to talk to this person year round and they don't charge you extra. Um, it actually makes their job easier if you have your affairs in order. So just really taking a deep dive and just assessing, you know, what is the financial um, education that I have? What do I need to become better acquainted with? How do I feel about money? Um, and how much money do I want to be making projections, 
all that kind of stuff. And when I say projections, um, it does get more convoluted and, you know, we have greater specificity as you, your business progresses. But in the beginning, it's really as simple as like, how much extra money do I want to make this month with this service or services that I'm offering and kind of working backwards. So, you know, if you're starting off and you're, um, doing, let's just say consultant work, and that could look like helping you know people with social media, or it could look like you know helping uh, bounce off ideas for a project, or you know if you just are someone that really likes to improve things, like how could you help in the creative process for like a podcast, for example, or something like that. Um, and you're charging you know an hourly rate, um, or maybe just a flat fee for the service. You know, figuring out okay, well, how many of these consultations, how many of these projects do I need to have? to, to make, let's say $500 in that first month. Um, and then just knowing how you're going to piece things together and how many of each would make sense in order to make that amount just really takes the stress away because when you zoom out and look at it that way, it's not as stressful as saying like, all right, I need to, you know, replace my income or I need to do all of this. Like we have to start small And we have to be a good steward of our money in the very beginning. And that's just going to become that habit that we build over time where it doesn't matter the amount of money. It is always allocated and we are fully aware of how much is coming in and how much is coming out. Um, Also being, you know, in control of your financials allows you to outsource, allows you to see like, okay, if I'm bringing in X amount of clients that want websites and I don't have the time to build all of them, or maybe I don't want to build websites like myself how much would it cost me to outsource this to somebody else? And how much could I charge the client? And just being able to figure out all of this, like what is your profit margin? Um, um, Let's talk about private studios, for example. Like, you know, if you're teaching a student and you're charging $60 an hour, let's say you're an emerging artist and you're you're charging a dollar a minute, but you spend, you know, 60 minutes in the lesson and then you spend 20 minutes every week, you know, following up and confirming the next lesson and then following up on payment. And then the parent doesn't pay. So you have to follow up. All of a sudden, you know, you're making $20 an hour instead of 60, just knowing exactly where your financials are coming from, but also where the time to acquire those financials is going. It's going to also be very, very helpful because one of the hardest questions at first when you start a business is how much do I charge? Um, So just keeping track and documenting how much time you're spending on things, how much you're charging and just know that you can gradually raise your prices. And as your portfolio and all of that develops, you'll be able to charge more money and make more money. So that is the first one. First thing I wish I knew, just really having a handle on my finances. Um, as y'all know, I've shared about my my festival in Spain, where I just really did not know what I was doing financially. And that was a very, very expensive mistake. Um, there's also been a lot of times in my career as I build my portfolio where I, I, it didn't exist. The client didn't want to buy into it. So I paid for it. And while I proved my theory to be correct, um, we all know that people need to have skin in the game. So if you have a client that wants to do something, but they're not willing to invest their money, they really don't want to do that. Um, so just being smarter about where you're investing your money, where you're investing your time, um, to make your business viable. The next thing that I wish I knew is actually having a job description. Um, I'm sure we've all seen those TikToks. Um, it's it's the, the theme song from Full House where it's like, everywhere you go. And then you see like the marketing director and the janitor and the assistant and the you know creative whatever. Like literally that is what running a business at first looks like. Like you're the everything person. 
Um, and that's, you know, totally great, but, um, it's just not helpful if you don't know what your actual job is. So I really wish I would have gone back and been like, all right, what I'm selling as Karen QB does is a creative director when I'm doing videos. Okay. What does that mean? Great. Um, when we're designing websites, what does that mean? When I'm doing life coaching, what does that mean? When I am, you know, speaking or lecturing or doing a residency, what does that mean? And just really having specific roles and, you know, the requirements to fulfill that role. So for example, we see that there's a a huge market right now for masterclasses and zoom masterclasses and things like that. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, we could, you know, reach out to everybody and, try and book some masterclasses and things like that, but building the masterclass, practicing that, doing the research, having the one sheet, and then going and performing it is very different um, than, you know, going and presenting a presentation at school, for example. So there's different amounts of work that go into the different facets of whatever you're growing in your business. So just being very mindful that we need to know exactly what we're doing so we can quantify the time and we can also figure out what to charge with that. And I think just having greater direction on what you actually have to do day to day. Um, and also the bigger picture is going to be very, very helpful. This also is incredibly instrumental when your business starts to grow and you need to bring on additional help, even if it's just a virtual assistant, or even if it's just someone that you can delegate things to, um, very lucky at KCA. I have, um, somebody that specifically writes the blogs for the podcast. Hey Kyle. (laughs) And, um, it's super awesome. I get to sit here and hang out with you guys and record this episode. And then once it's recorded, um, I send it over to my amazing engineer who's here with me, Stefan, and then he goes and edits it, mixes and masters it, whatever that means. And then I get it sent back to me and then I get to give it to Kyle and then he gets to write the blog based on this episode. And you know, it's a, a two, three person operation. There's more that goes into the podcast, but, um, it's just super awesome because for a while, like I was doing everything. So now that I'm able to outsource and there's like an actual job description for what the expectation is, it just makes, makes it so much easier to be able to do more of this, to just continue to add more value, um, because there's additional help, but without job descriptions, without knowing exactly what it is that we need to do or what that we're trying to do, it just makes it a lot more difficult to do that. So that's the second thing I wish I knew. And then the third thing, which is going to sound like duh, but you'd be surprised was, can you, or is, can you explain what you do? Things I wish I knew in my first year of business was explaining what the heck I did. And the reason for that is because all of us, I'm sure as musicians can relate to wearing many different hats. It's like, what do you do for a living? It's like the most stressful question ever. You either say musician and people roll their eyes or you say, you know, creative and entrepreneur and I play here and I do that. And people are like, okay, is it like a hobby or is it like a paid thing? I'm sure we've all been there. And explaining very succinctly and also knowing what hat you're wearing in what situation. So for example, if you're, um, I don't know, uh, at, a, at Midwest, for example, and you know, you're going and you're trying to get an endorsement with, you know, a manufacturer of the instrument that you play. And they ask you like, okay, well, what do you do? Um, the answer is I'm a performer. Um, or if you're going, for example, to Con Selmer, you're like, I'm a clinician. I am very passionate about education. That's something that's a big value of theirs. So can you succinctly explain the hat that you're wearing? When I am speaking as a lecturer at Vanderbilt University, I'm not introducing myself as a CEO of an agency. I'm a elite performance coach. 
when I'm talking to a trombone studio um, about social media and marketing. I'm a marketing expert. Like all of the different titles that I wear, it's just so helpful to know when to say that and then also to be able to explain what you actually do. And to be very honest with everybody here, it has taken me seven years to be able to explain what the heck I do. And that is why I am so passionate about sharing with all of you and every emerging artist and every person ever that it is so crucial to know exactly what you do because I can't even imagine what I could have been able to be doing. <laughs> that was a terrible sentence. What I could be doing if people actually understood what I did. If people looked at my Instagram and were like, oh, that makes sense or looked at the podcast or looked at the emerging artist. And it wasn't until this rebrand and you know the last two years of just really clarifying that messaging um, that I was able to explain what I do. And it can still be confusing um, if I'm not clear with what it is that I do. So I really just want to encourage everybody, can you explain what you do? Can you share with us on social media? Can you remind us what you do over and over and over again? And we can talk about this in a separate episode, like how to effectively do that on social. But I just think it's so important that we have clarity for about what we're offering because it makes it so much more difficult to attract our ideal client, to reach out to people, um, to follow up with people, to you know build a portfolio if we're not certain on what it is that we actually do. And the reason for that I have found in my experience is I didn't set out to be all of these things. They just kind of happened. Like, honestly, you guys, the only reason I have a video component to my agency is because Jeremy Wilson was like, hey, I want to do a standard rep project. Do you think we can figure this out? And I'm like, sure, why not? And then we figured it out. But it wasn't like, you know, I, since I was a kid, I wanted to like be a creative director in a video. Like, absolutely not. Especially coordinate a slide with music. No, thank you. Um, and video editing. Ew, no. Um, so yeah, this was a very much like, oh, let's just figure this out. And there's a need. Let's fill it. That's always been the vibe. So it gets messy when you're grinding and hustling and just really doing that kind of work. And like, it's like, okay, well now people need websites and now people need photos and people need photos that look like this and people need videos like that. And then now all of a sudden people want social media strategy and there's all these courses out there. There's all this noise and you just spend all this time like running and trying to figure it out that you even have no idea what you do. So the sooner you can come and have a come to Jesus conversation and just explain to yourself what you do. So then you can explain it to others effectively. It's going to be so helpful. And with my coaches and therapists, like I've been implementing just like a monthly check-in. Okay. Like what did we do this month? What are we doing? Do I need to do more? Do I need to do less? Do I feel good about it? All of those things. So to recap, first year of business, things I wish I knew my financials, that I had job descriptions for like the actual jobs for the company. And I wish I could explain what I actually did when I first started. And honestly, till like, I don't know, five months ago, I, I didn't really know or couldn't really articulate what I did. So now I always like to offer solutions. Um, here are some things that I look back on and I'm like, yay me. So glad we did this. The first thing is portfolio. And this is something that I really wish I could like scream from the mountaintops for every single emerging artist listening, and just anyone for that matter, you are enough, you matter, you're already brilliant, you already have these desires in your heart for things that you wish to do, and because they exist, they are possible, okay? Um, I just wanna throw this like super touchy-feely thing out there. Um, our entire planet 
has changed because of COVID in the last six months. Like literally everything about the way we see the world and the way the world works has completely shifted. Like the world as we know it no longer exists. If that happens and that is possible, my gosh, y'all, anything is possible. So literally anything is possible. So for those of you that are feeling, you know, insecure about starting your business or just not sure what to do or whatever, start here, just build a portfolio. What I mean by that is let's get over ourselves and like really be focused on social media and you don't have to be preachy. You don't have to be judgy. You don't have to be like me, me, me about everything. Just share with us what it is that you're doing. If you recently started taking, I don't know, a coding class because you want to do web design. Awesome. Share that journey with us. Tell us what you're excited about. Tell us why you're taking it. Tell us like how you want to help musicians or whatever your target market is. Start building that portfolio and start sharing it. I did not have a website for the first, I don't know, year of my business. And I worked with some of the best musicians in the world. And that was all through word of mouth, all because of social media and because people were seeing my portfolio. That is the most valuable thing, especially as an emerging artist. We all know, and we've been there in those situations where you're you know, wanting to work for a symphony or a nonprofit organization or whatever, and it's an entry-level position and you submit your resume and they're like, well, we would like five years of experience or like, oh, we would like two years doing this. And it's like, I am 20. Like, what can I do with this information? So portfolio, portfolio, portfolio. And that is something that was very simple, like sharing photos from photo shoots that I was doing, sharing the websites, and just sharing my thoughts on how to grow social media through personal experiments. Um, there was a time where, um, when I first started my emerging artist program, I had the biggest objection that I get where it's like, well, I'm not famous enough. I don't have enough stuff to post about, so I'm just going to wait till I do things and then we'll talk about them, which it's fine, live your life, but it's not actually true. So I said, I, I, you know, I'm very competitive. So I was like, okay guys, so I am going to build an Instagram for my rescue, rescue, rescue Frenchies. And it's going to be larger than any one of your accounts. Do you guys seriously think that my dogs have more fame or more to offer than all of you brilliant conservatory and amazing humans? And they like were like, no, it doesn't matter, whatever. Um, yeah, my dogs, I think even to this day, have a higher following than any of my emerging artists. And that's crazy because I don't even run the account anymore. I'm just like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, so really, social media, building that portfolio, sharing it with people, so, so important. The next thing is personal development. I am so grateful that for however this ended up happening in my life, that I always pursued these personality tests, like things like Myers-Briggs, DISC, emotional intelligence, um, all of these things that just kind of kept telling me about my personality. And um, for those of you that are like unsure where to start, I would so recommend starting with emotional intelligence. There's a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury. And there's a test in there. Take that test. This is going to gauge your social competence, your self-awareness, your self-management, and your relationships with others. And it is just so helpful to know, okay, how am I coming off? How are people experiencing me? Do I even know how to manage myself? Do I know what I'm feeling? All of these things are so, so important. And they were so instrumental in my year, my first year of business, especially because I hope this is not a surprise to anybody, but no matter what you're selling, the number one product you sell is yourself and having that self-awareness and just doing that personal work is going to be so helpful 
because you'll be able to spark relationships, network correctly, um, cultivate those relationships, have clients that return and spread the word, and then also just have long, meaningful relationships. It's really all about the relationships. And to be honest, even to this day, with all the followers we have on social and the portfolio and the people we work with, 90% of our business comes from referrals. And not like, check this person out, but like literally like phone calls, like messages, like, hey, so-and-so gave me your information and I want to work with, like not even looking at my website. Um, so I just want to really encourage that that personal growth, especially in your first year is amazing. And it's also going to keep you motivated. It's going to keep you on top of all the things that need to happen. And when, you know, that awesome imposter syndrome or self-doubt or all of that just kind of creep in, um, that will give you the tools to keep going. And the last thing is experience. Um, so when I look back, these are things I'm, I'm really grateful I did. Just hands-on experience. You can't improvise experience. <laughs> this has been like my quote for a really long time. Um, especially, you know, those of you that have some business training or, you know, have taken some entrepreneurship classes, you know that, yeah, we could in theory build a website for ourselves or we could in theory build a bio or a CV or, you know, in theory create a project that we would go out and do in the real world with monopoly money. But until you actually do it and realize what it looks like, it's just not going to be the same. So that first year being willing to take on projects for free, being willing to, you know, compromise and partner with people and just being open to listening to like, okay, what does the client actually need? And how can I help? How can I better serve? And then just learning from experience. Like the sooner you can fail forward, the better. That's going to be so helpful in your business. And especially during these times of COVID, just being ready to go with the flow and to just really trust the magic of going in a new direction, of adding more things to your portfolio, um, and of just, you know, being ready with a posture of openness for this wild ride that is to have a business. Um, and also understanding that it's hard to be a beginner. It's hard to try something new, but you really won't know until you try. <laughs>